eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you got Ronald yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Let's go across town to that home daycare center of the one, the only Ryan Callahan, who will be so kind as to tell everybody why we're having yet another breaking news edition of this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Well, Wes, uh, th- this might be uh, a bit of a trend this summer. We're, n- we're now officially into June, and that, that means it is summer decision time. Uh, so this is, uh, this is maybe the first of a bunch of these you'll hear over the next couple months, but this is not for Tennessee's 2023 class. Tennessee has made a late addition to its 2022 class with offensive lineman Savion Herring uh, out of Monroe College up in New York, uh, a, a junior college prospect, obviously, that, uh, that Tennessee and a number of other schools have offered here over the past couple months. Uh, a few SEC schools were actually interested, like Tennessee, in getting his fifth and final official visit this week. Uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, Nebraska, among those teams that showed some interest. Missouri also offered him this spring. Um, so one of those guys who I think you know some college coaches got around to see him this spring in person. Uh, he had some spring film that got out, things like that, kind of helping his stock rise a little bit this spring after he only appeared in five games last season. Um, had to sit out the 2020 season after he transferred to Monroe College where they did not compete that year because of COVID. Uh, so so an interesting player who I think ha- has some upside. I think Tennessee sees some potential in him and, uh, and clearly liked him. And, and this should give them some additional depth and competition on the offensive line going into this season. They weren't able to really add anyone else on the offensive line in the transfer portal this offseason to go along with Gerald Mincy, the Florida tackle transfer, even though they, they looked into a couple possibilities, but they didn't work out. And so kept kind of scouring the junior college ranks and, and came up with, uh, with, with Savi, uh, Savion Herring, who, who came in for a midweek official visit to, to Knoxville this week. Uh, and then announce his decision Thursday afternoon uh, after returning home Thursday morning. So, uh, so an interesting late addition here, and I think uh, potentially uh, one with some upside. So, uh, not a guy that I would expect to be a plug and play guy uh, right off the bat for sure, but someone that can at least I- improve the depth across Tennessee's offensive line, uh, most likely at the guard position, but but maybe has the length to to help at tackle also in a pinch. Yeah, Ryan, I- I'll be honest. You know, I I cover kind of all 
all three of the the major sports at Tennessee. So I, I kind of float around a little bit and, and I've been like knee deep, neck deep in baseball right now. So normally I, I guess I, I, I know a little bit more about, Hey, maybe this is coming down the pike. Maybe that's coming down the pike. Maybe, maybe this kid look out for this one. This one caught me out of nowhere. Uh, and I don't know if that's because I, and I'm just being honest here because I, I've been, doing you know it's been baseball season for a few months they're they're you know like box office material there they're really good they've been the best team in the country all year and so there's been a lot of interest there um but this kind of came out of absolutely nowhere for me um how how much did this come out of nowhere for tennessee you know, I don't think it came out of nowhere. I think you know, I had heard within the past few weeks that, uh, you know, the transfer portal options were looking thin uh, at that point, but that a, a, a late junior college option uh, was at least a possibility. Uh, after that May 1st deadline to, to enter the portal passed, obviously there have been some other, other names that, that trickled into the portal in the early days of May. Uh, but once, once you got past that, you know, you, you knew the portal options were were thin or, or minimal uh, at that point. And that, you know, from that point, college coaches look to junior college guys uh, sometimes to, to see what else still might be out there. And we know Tennessee didn't fill up completely. Uh, it, it's 2022 class still had room to add more transfers. If they, if they could have gotten guys, there just weren't, weren't enough quality guys out there that they had a, uh, enough of a chance at, at getting uh, that, that worked out. So they, uh, they still had some other needs they could have addressed and, we're looking for for you know quality more so than just forcing a player into a position and uh, in hopes of getting depth. You know we saw them do that a little bit last year in the transfer portal. Didn't see them do that as much this year. They focused, I think, more on getting good players that they felt could help them, uh, especially at guys that had multiple years left. Uh, you don't want to ha- have a guy tie up a roster spot for multiple years and then he just doesn't turn out to be very helpful. So I think they were trying to be a little more selective this year. And, and, you know, looked into some other possibilities that just didn't work out. But the offensive line was one of those spots where they, you know, they had Tyler Steen, the, the Vanderbilt transfer who, who ended up at Alabama, uh, was a guy they targeted. Uh, initially, we're looking for maybe tackle options, but I think coming out of spring practice, Man, you, there was a desire. You talk about a change in outcome, like a guy going from Vanderbilt to Alabama. That just, it, it, anyways, I just, I thought about like, uh, how could you be in the same league in two different planets? But go, go on, go on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so yeah, that that I think most people thought the initial focus was more on the tackle position because Tennessee's obviously got maybe one vacancy on the offensive line, and it's mostly at left tackle right now. Uh, with Jeremiah Crawford and, uh, and and obviously Gerald Mincy, the Florida transfer, being the main contenders for that spot coming out of spring practice. I think Tennessee felt good enough about what they saw there and just knowing how tough it is to get a, a good tackle out of the transfer portal. I, I think they knew that once Tyler Steen was gone and they only got an unofficial visit from him, they weren't really one of the top teams in the running for him in the end. Um, what, once once he was off the board, I think it was pretty clear it was going to just gonna be too tough to get a good tackle uh, out of the transfer portal. And I think by the end of spring practice, they felt decent enough about the progression of, of Crawford and, and Mincy that the, the focus shifted back to, okay, maybe if there's a good interior guy there, maybe someone who can help at guard. Uh, and then James Robinson left via the transfer portal, and that that chips away a little bit at Tennessee's depth at that position. Not a guy that was expected to play this year necessarily, but that's one fewer body uh, among the veterans that you have at that spot. So while some of the younger guys on the roster get ready, I think I think they felt there was a need to maybe replenish the depth at guard a little bit. And so Herring, uh, a name that popped up, you know, again, 
a dozen or so of schools jumped in the race for him in the last couple months. So this is clearly not a guy that Tennessee uh, just reached for and is on an island for. This is a this is a guy whose stock has risen quite a bit this spring, uh, and so a, a nice a nice addition. I, I got to see him uh, in passing on on campus uh, just Wednesday night. He was hanging around at at Tennessee's camp and uh, standing with Jerome Carvin looked very similar to Carvin in terms of build, maybe a little bit taller than Carvin. Actually uh, he said he measured in about six foot, four and a half. Yeah. If he's that, he's taller than Carvin for sure. So, so 325 pounds and, and said he measured in with uh, some pretty impl- impressive length. I think, I think he said 85 inch uh, wingspan uh, is his, the Tennessee's coaches measured him in at, which would be, very good for a guard, obviously, and, and might even give him a chance, they said, to play some tackle. Uh, probably more so in a pinch as opposed to that being his primary position. I think he mostly projects as a guard, but certainly could help at tackle with that kind of length. So uh, I, I think a, a pretty interesting pickup and one that you know probably serves as more of a James Robinson replacement right off the bat as opposed to, say, competition for Mincy or Crawford at left tackle. But but gives you a, a, a guy that maybe gives you a little more upside than what they thought Robinson might have. So I think it, it improves the depth at guard and maybe it gives you someone who at the very least can be in the mix for a starting job next year when Jerome Carvin is gone. You know, that uh, those two guys hanging out Wednesday night might have been uh, might have been kind of Carvin uh, talking to his uh, a guy who's in the mix for his job next year uh, to replace him. So we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. But he's at least someone that can give you some upside there and improve your depth at guard uh, in the meantime. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest. I I think I've always been uh, from the school of if uh, like I don't I do care who else recruits a player, but more than anything, I, I come from the school of uh, the coach there wants you, and so if the coach there wants you, he knows more about football than me. He he knows what he's looking for. He, if he wants you and he thinks you're good enough, you're probably good enough. More often than not, you're going to be good enough. Um, but I also heard something that, that you don't hear a lot just now, Ryan. And so it's not really a devil's advocate. I think it's honestly just, just an honest question is when you hear JUCO signee and then you hear not a plug-and-play guy, you, at least in my mind, I start to think that's not a great combination of factors. Um, but if this guy is taken – as a replacement for, you know, a, a second team guy who, who goes into the portal and leaves, then maybe from that standpoint, you're just replacing that with a guy who has more upside. So while it's not like you're taking some guy who's seen as like a five-star prospect, you're taking a guy who you as a staff value and a guy who fits a need. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Here, here's maybe a, a different way of looking at it. So if you take a guy out of the transfer portal, say Chris Aparogane, uh, for instance, a, a guy that left Tennessee, didn't get to play a whole lot at Tennessee and entered the transfer portal. He just announced uh, actually today that he's uh, committed to Tulsa, had some other major programs that offered him, I think, but not, not sure exactly what happened there. Uh, maybe just felt Tulsa was the, the best opportunity for him to for sure play. Um, but you know, usually the transfer portal, it's a lot of guys like that, guys who either haven't played at all or haven't played much, and you're sort of trying to project them, sometimes based on high school film, but at best you've got limited game film from the college level to to, to sort of evaluate them, and you're, you're, you're hoping that you maybe take a guy that you can tap into something that that the previous school couldn't find, right, or that they couldn't, couldn't get out of a player, or that he's just not finished developing and maybe can get better, uh, maybe he was blocked behind a really good player, whatever the case may be, 
you're hoping you can get something out of him you haven't seen yet. Uh, with a junior college guy, it can maybe be a similar situation, but you can at least uh, there might be some hope there that you find a find sort of a, a diamond in the rough uh, because you you don't know how he's going to project yet at a four year school. So there's at least the the element of the unknown. Uh, and in, in, in Savion Herring's case, he, he's got potentially three seasons of eligibility left to play. That's one of the interesting things about him. Uh, on paper right now, he's a three-for-two guy. Three years left, two seasons remaining, so two, two years in a red shirt. But they're currently petitioning to try to get his first year of eligibility to count as a red shirt. Back in 2019, he was at Iowa Central Community College uh, over in Dodge City, Iowa. Uh, spent only one semester there before transferring to Monroe College. Uh, and and played in a few games that season, but not so many uh, that it would ne- necessarily eliminate the possibility of a red shirt, at least in hindsight. So they're currently working on that, trying to get that season to count as a red shirt. It sounds like there's some optimism that will happen if that's the case. And he's a three for three guy with three full seasons to play. That that's pretty interesting. That's the equivalent of getting a guy one year into his college career, basically. So. Uh, that that makes him a, an interesting guy, and and just the fact that his spring film looks pretty good to some people. I think there's some some athleticism there. Again, good size, good length, uh, a, a lot to work with. And a guy who it, this is worth noting too wasn't heavily recruited coming out of high school, but at one point was committed to Cincinnati going into his senior year before academics kind of forced made it obvious he was going to be forced to go the junior college route. So uh, what was thought of as a as a you know. A solid Division One prospect coming out of high school. In addition to that, <laughs> there, there's a lot of guys on that Cincinnati team that got drafted. So I mean, yeah. you know, that's that 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 doesn't maybe mean what you think it does because there was a lot of talent on that team. No question. So uh, and that's a that's a solid program, obviously. So I I, I would say that there's there's enough there about him that uh, I mean, sure, there's some there's some reasons he went unsigned, obviously, in the in the in the original signing period back in in December and, and February, but. Uh, at the same time, there are reasons that a bunch of programs uh, showed some interest in him or offered him over the past couple months, again, including Missouri. Now, his five official visits were Tennessee, Kansas, South Florida, Syracuse, Middle Tennessee. So not obviously uh, other SEC schools, not, not a bunch of major programs for that matter that hosted him on official visits. But there were other programs that kicked the tires. Again, I mentioned Kentucky, Nebraska, South Carolina were all at least in the mix for his final official visit. Um, they didn't offer, but offers are sometimes hard to gauge when it's this kind of late rising situation. It's usually just, can you take a visit or not? And if you don't take a visit, you don't waste the time to offer. So uh, I think those schools were at least seriously interested. And that's that's worth noting, too. So uh, sometimes these these guys are, are they can be good late finds. And then other times, uh, you know, not even this late in the year, but, you know, Anderson Kobe comes to mind last year, a guy that Tennessee's interim staff took at wide receiver and he washed out of the program within a year. So uh, similar junior college background for him uh, was only one year out of high school, goes to Tennessee and, and he's already out of the program. So sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, uh, you know, Kenneth George would maybe be on the flip side to that. Yeah. A guy that really flew under the radar. Tennessee took him late in the spring uh, under Jeremy Pruitt's staff. And that's a, obviously a pretty productive player in college, not a star at Tennessee, but now he's getting a look in the NFL. So uh, sometimes these guys can work out, and and I would say this is a, at least an intriguing pickup that has some potential for Tennessee, even though, as you said, he's not a plug-and-play guy. 
There's a lot more to talk about here with Tennessee's new addition to the 2022 class, not the 23 class. Let's again emphasize that. Lots more to talk about about young Savion Herring. But before we do that, we got to step away, pay some bills, uh, listen to some products, uh, services, in-house ads, other fun things. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from that home daycare center there across town, the other side of Knoxville, the other side of the tracks. And we are discussing Tennessee adding another part to its 2022 class, not 23 class, 22 class. Tennessee has taken junior college offensive lineman Savion Herring uh, from New Jersey, actually from Irvington, New Jersey, which is just, uh, I believe, a little bit west of Newark. So kind of there near, it's actually right near Seton Hall University for those of you uh, VFLs who are up there, live there in that part of the country or know where that is. Just giving you a bit of a heads up. That's where it is in Jersey. And this young man is coming to Tennessee to play football. Lots more to discuss about him. But before we do that, just a quick, um, quick suggestion, if you will, a quick request. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now and go in and just just rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, that would help us out a lot. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what really helps us is if you go in there and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love, no skin off our backs. But it really helps us if you go in there and rate and review and subscribe. It's all we ask. So if you're already doing that, thank you. If not, go f*** yourself. That's um, that's the policy. And uh, there's only been, to my knowledge, one complaint about it. So um, that to that point, it, it, it's sticking. Uh, and the one complaint was not one of our bosses. So onward it goes. Ryan, this young man, and, and I want to talk about Tennessee's just 2022 class in general before we wrap this up. But the one thing I, I really wanted to ask in the first segment is sort of the interesting sort of story of this young man, because you're talking about a kid from New Jersey who, again, there's plenty of football players up there, you know, just not ones who typically flood SEC type rosters. Then he goes to a junior college up in New York. Again, not a classic feeder for, you know, SEC football programs. And yet, 
I guess because of the world we live in, he somehow, despite flying under the radar a little bit in high school and in junior college, a bunch of, you know, power five schools end up seeing film. He ends up being a guy who's available. And all of a sudden he becomes a really attractive prospect. Just sort of, is this just, just sort of the era that we're in where things like this happen? Yeah, I think so. And and it it just shows, you know, we we always say the, uh, the NFL will find you if you're, if you're a talented player at, at any level, I think this is just an example of how much colleges uh, search high and low for, for players and, and end up finding some guys. It, it, inevitably, every year, there are some late junior college additions at different positions that, that, that schools will end up taking, and it, and it works out. And, and this might uh, continue to happen even more now. You know, it, it was interesting with the 25 signee limit uh, for, for a year or two there, we were hearing that you know, some schools, because of the transfer portal, were really – complaining that they're you know junior colleges and high school kids but especially juco kids were not getting as many opportunities because you know, schools were having to save spots to address the transfer portal uh to to use those on transfer so so now without the 25 signee limit for the next couple of years it's a little bit easier to take a take a flyer on a guy that interests you at the at the junior college level and and there often are those types of guys for you know whatever reason injuries uh, maybe it's a guy that didn't get a chance to play because he was behind somebody really good at his position. Uh, that, that doesn't happen too often, but sometimes will. So, you know, whatever the case may be, sometimes guys just, you know, are late bloomers or, or get better after, a, after another year, uh, in, in the weight room and, and, and you just don't see it on the field for whatever reason. Um, but, but yeah, there, there are these guys who emerge and sometimes, uh, you, you take the, uh, the, the more unconventional path to finding them in the spring and things like that. But um, interesting backstory on this, though. There is a Tennessee connection that maybe helped them get a visit here. Jawan Mitchell, another junior college prospect. There you go. Uh, I should have asked you about that. That's a, that's a really – I should have thought of that. Go ahead. But, yeah, an interesting connection there because Jawan Mitchell originally from New Jersey and uh, was actually at uh, Modern Day High School, and uh, that's where – uh, Savion Herring was going to transfer, he said, at one point. And he looked into transferring there, got to know Juwan, ended up not going there, but they stayed in contact over the years. So he kind of reached out to Juwan Mitchell. Mitchell essentially served as his host on his official visit. And uh, and that, that that connection maybe at least gave Tennessee a foot in the door to to get that uh, that visit and to, to ultimately land him. But having a chance to, to have a guy like that, it just shows you you never know what connections – might pay off and, and the networks these days among players are so, so wide and so strong compared to what they were just a few decades ago. Uh, guys know people all over the place from high school camps, from competing against each other in high school, uh, sometimes just from college visits, even if they're from different States. So it's amazing how many, how many times you see a story like that, but this is one where it's a guy you knew pretty well from high school, even though they never were teammates. Uh, they certainly crossed paths and, and, and stayed in contact over the years and, Mitchell, even after a pretty tough year at Tennessee last year, had good things to say about the program. He's obviously still here at Tennessee, and they'll be together for a year now. So uh, had, had some good things to say about this staff and how they, uh, what kind of opportunities they, they would give him and, and, and just what it's like to play for them. So that, uh, that, that uh, review of this staff, I guess, from Juwan Mitchell, I think certainly at least helped Tennessee get that fifth visit from, uh, from Savion Herring. And, and interesting that that connection – paid off uh you know helps to have ties in in all sorts of different states i guess yeah and, and really quickly i ryan i should have known to ask about Juwan mitchell just because i should have remembered he's from new jersey but more pressingly i bumped into the kid literally this morning uh like 
uh, like on on campus at Tennessee. Like as I went over there to talk to Vitello, and you know, so you're over there in the building, and uh, it, it just like bumped into him and like said hey to him for a second. So it's like I really should have remembered. Hey, I wonder if uh, if Jawan Mitchell is. Uh, I wonder he's from New Jersey. I wonder if he knows this kid. So yeah, a lot of people forget Mitchell's from New Jersey. You know, think he took a, a long Texas path. Guy, too. Yeah, yeah, Texas transfer and went to junior college himself before that. So yeah, they, these guys have these guys go all all over the map sometimes uh, in their college careers. But yeah, that is a that is sort of a distant connection there that he's known Juwan Mitchell for several years. Ryan, what about Tennessee's twenty twenty two class in general? Because I think now everyone's kind of thinking, right, 2023, even a little bit of 2024, but mostly 2023. That's where everyone's brain is sort of focused right now. And and by everyone, I mean, you know, fans. I mean, people who are in the industry like we are who do this for a living. You kind of start thinking more about 2023 than anything else. But the 2022 window, I'm not sure it's completely closed, is it? I mean, there's always guys late in classes or latent cycles for whatever reason who end up popping up and, and moving different places. And I got to think Tennessee might be done for 2022, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? It's not. I, I would say they're still at least uh, looking into some other possibilities. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if anything else surfaces, but I, I think there, there are at least some interesting options out there. Sometimes you find guys that are, you know, again, late risers in the junior college ranks. Sometimes it's a, you might find a junior college player who's, you know, for instance, not, not supposed to be part of that class, but has the option of transferring somewhere immediately because he was academically eligible at a high school. So there's that. There's also the transfer portal that still might, might present some options. Uh, we know Tennessee recently has been in the running for Ramon Jefferson, the former Colorado uh, commitment. Uh, who played at Sam Houston State the past couple of years? Another former junior college player. Um, he, he's got one year left, of, uh, one year of eligibility remaining, and uh, you know had, had quietly taken a visit to Tennessee a few weeks ago. But that uh, that possibility seems to have have gone by the wayside now. Uh, it's every, every indication we've received over the past few days suggests that the uh, the chances of, of of Jefferson ending up at Tennessee have now have now essentially completely faded. Yeah, we'll, something... we'll, we'll pour one out for him. We'll pour one out yep. for him. Unless something dramatically changes. So he had decommitted from Colorado. Everything appeared to be set for him uh, to transfer to Tennessee. But that, unless something completely changes, will not be happening. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But one of those situations that just didn't work out. You know, Don't think it was his choice, really. Don't think Tennessee uh, changed its mind or anything like that. It just didn't work out. So... Uh, so we'll see where else Tennessee looks. I think they're, you know, again, still open to, to adding someone if they can find uh, anyone that might fit the fit the description uh, or, or just a guy that's a quality player uh, at, at any position. But they certainly still have some needs they could address. Yeah. And running uh, back, and, and running back, running back, running yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if anything surfaces there. I, nothing I've heard so far leads me to think that a running back possibility is still out there that might interest Tennessee. But uh, you know, I, I had to inquire about this because, you know, these deadlines for the transfer portal are new. Uh, you know, you had the, the February 1st deadline for the SEC players to enter the portal if they wanted to transfer within the conference. You had the May 1st deadline for enter, entering the portal. But then there have been still players jumping into the portal the past few weeks. You know, we saw some in mid and late May, things like that. And so I had to check into this. Apparently that May 1st deadline doesn't necessarily preclude guys who are graduate transfers from entering the portal. So they still can do that. So we'll, we'll see if anything else pops up. I'm not saying there, that there will be anything else. Yeah. There's a very P- PSA, realistic. You, yeah. PSA. If you just graduated and you're a running back, uh, Tennessee could use you. 
Yeah. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think Tennessee's still at least kicking the tires on some possibilities because they do have room again, you know, that they, they aren't up against the 85 scholarship limit as it turns out. They're, they're not right up against it with the, uh, the numbers for the 2022 class before the, before the 25 signee limit uh, is lifted for next year. It's still in effect for the 2022 class, but they still have some spots under that limit uh, with the whole uh, expansion this year of up to seven extra spots. If you, if you lose seven transfers or whatever, so they, they still have room, didn't fill up on transfers, but um, we'll, we'll see this. There's a very realistic chance they're done, uh, but I wouldn't say it's completely done just yet. So we'll, we'll see if anything else surfaces. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I joke, but running back would not be the only position where if the right kind of guy popped up, Tennessee would be interested. I mean, if you're just a good player, it doesn't matter. Even places where like wide receiver where it looks like Tennessee's pretty good right now. Uh, you know, you you can always take a guy if he's good. If he's the right guy, if he's the right character fit, if he's the right sort of athletic fit for what you want to do offensively, defensively. Um, what Where else would Tennessee – I know the, the correct answer to this, Ryan, obviously is any position where a good enough player would come available, Tennessee would be interested because uh, you, you take the player and then you worry about the fits and all that later. But if it's not running back, where else, if the right kind of player popped up, would Tennessee be – maybe more inclined to take a little bit of a reach because it's a positional need. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I literally think you could I mean, I think you had it right the first time, not to, not to offer the cop-out answer here, but I think anywhere, I, I mean, I, I think there are, there are legitimate reasons you could make an argument for Tennessee to take a player just about any position, but I, just for instance, uh, you know, on defense, I certainly don't think they, they completely filled up on the defensive line. I think they would have loved to have had some, added someone by now in the transfer portal. They just couldn't find the right fit. Um, some quality guys they couldn't really get a visit from. And then some others that, uh, that, you know, just didn't work out like Mark, uh, Marquise Robinson. Uh, I believe, I believe that's the right, right name. Uh, they visited from Auburn back in January. He, he entered the portal, didn't work out in January, decided not to come to Tennessee right away and, and enroll for the spring semester. So he stayed in the portal, ended up going back to Auburn. Um, so they looked into some possibilities there, didn't come up with anybody. So defensive line would, would seem to be an option. They've added a couple guys in the secondary, but none, none at cornerback. So you could certainly justify adding a corner. I've gotten so many questions about junior college uh, and, and transfer options at linebacker. Nothing ever really came of that position. So Tennessee hasn't seriously come up with anybody at, at that position. But, you know, if the right linebacker was out there, I'm sure they'd be interested. Yeah, I pushed Heck, hard. I remember pushing you hard on that one a few weeks ago in a podcast. And I was like, why are they not getting a linebacker from the portal? So, yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember that. Hey, I keep keep an eye on Elijah Herring is all I can say. I think as a as a true freshman, he's got a real chance of helping Tennessee. And that, you know, Jawan Mitchell coming back gives you another good option there. So yeah, it's not 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 as dire as people maybe think, and that's maybe part of the thinking there. But yeah, I, I, hey, tight end. They didn't take a tight end in the twenty twenty two class. They they tried to fill that spot with a walk on, but after uh, after parting ways with uh, with their commitment there, decided to to just not sign one. So, I mean, if the right guy was there, I could see a tight end. I mean, offensive line, we just touched on that. They've obviously addressed that already, but I mean, Hey, if a, if a talented tackle popped up, I'm sure they'd still be interested. So I really can't think of any position besides maybe quarterback where they wouldn't consider taking someone uh, in, in the right scenario, even specialists, because you've got two seniors on the way out. If the right kicker or punters out there, who's to say you don't go ahead and take him just to, to, to have someone ready for next year uh, after those guys are gone. So uh, they, they've got some some it's a good problem to have. You got a few roster spots left and and we'll see if they can find anything that's worth uh, worth their time and worth uh, the effort to to go after them. But they're at least in that good position to be able to to, to kind of 
look under every rock and see if they find anyone that's uh, that's worth adding here late. Yeah, it feels like one of those um, like uh, like rotisserie fantasy leagues with a salary cap, and you do like the auction, and then at the end of it, like you try to have you know you try to get all your players like done and, and, and paid for. But then there's always a guy who's got like 25 or 28 bucks left at the end of a draft. And he, he's like trying to, you know, he'll, he'll bid like 20 bucks on anybody just cause, Hey, I forgot that guy was still out there because I need, <laughs> I need roster spots. It kind of feels like that for people who've played fantasy baseball or fantasy football with that kind of an auction league. Like it kind of feels like that, like Tennessee's got like a few bucks left in their pocket and they're like, Oh crap. Like I could, I could spend something here if I, if I got the right guy. Yeah, and, and hey, as we discussed a second ago, a running back, you know, if, if the right one was out running there. Running back, running start, back, running back. If you are a running back and you have graduated and you can enter the portal, Tennessee could use you. Uh, but, but you mentioned wide receiver. We saw a good example of that just a few weeks ago, obviously. Tennessee you know, hosted Jalen Robinson, the former UCF receiver, on an official visit. Had, had a real shot at him. Uh, don't think it was a situation where they were all in on him, but they knew it was a fit. They were interested. He, he likes the staff. There were reasons to to be willing to take him. And even though they had added Brew McCoy at receiver, they they they, they went for him. And, and Ole Miss, I think, viewed receiver as just much more of a pressing need and, and sort of went all in on him and, and was able to land him. So uh, that, that's an example of, you know, even with, with wide receiver not looking like one of Tennessee's most glaring needs at that point, the right player looked like an option for them. So, yeah, I think it's one of those situations where, if another name pops up, it could be at almost any position, but we'll, we'll see. It's June. It's getting kind of late in the game, but I uh, can't rule out anything just yet. Yeah, there, there's still time to uh, to make something like that work if something were to uh, were to pop up. Ryan, you got anything else before we step out of here? I know that we, we've kind of covered a, a fair amount of ground on this, but this one, at least for me anyway, it, you know, it, it really kind of caught me out of left field, and I'm just being honest about it because I've been so you know neck deep in baseball for a while. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if I've even heard this name before. Is he related to the other hearings? What's going on here? So, yeah, there were. I had some questions for this one, if that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I'll just throw in because we are getting into the busy time of year. You know, this this one did come together quickly. You know, uh, Herring didn't uh, come on his visit till Tuesday. His visit was pretty much scheduled Sunday night, uh, and, and people became aware of it Monday morning. So uh, it was sort of a, a fast-developing yeah. situation. That's a, so, that's so a not- wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, and he had already taken four official visits, so this was the last one. So, yeah, definitely, uh, I'm sure, a curveball for some of the teams that were in on him that, that Tennessee just sort of pops into the, the picture out of nowhere and ends up getting him. But uh, that's how it can happen sometimes. But we are now in June, as I mentioned at the at the start of the podcast. This is this is a busy time. If you're a recruiting fan, you know, you might be uh, longing for the old days when, when January and the run-up to National Sign Day was wild and full of activity. Uh, it, it's not that way necessarily anymore, but the summer has become one of the busiest times of the year for recruiting. So lots of visits this month, official visitors, um, pretty much not this weekend, but should be the next three weekends after that. Um, e- each of those final three weekends will be, will have some official visitors. And that final weekend, the weekend of June 24th should be pretty heavy on official visitors. It looks like as of right now, Tennessee made a, made some moves with a bunch of guys at, at, uh, at its Rocky top Palooza event this past weekend, uh, whatever you think of the name, it was a yeah, very productive I'm, I'm, weekend. I'm, I'm anti on the name there. I'm just being honest. I think I, I, yeah. it's worth a shot, um, but I, I think I think better names could have been out there maybe. You know, they they, did, they tried out last summer and they went back to it, so it, it might stick. We'll, we'll see about that. But, yeah, they uh, they had that this past weekend, and it was a very good weekend for Tennessee. Made made some moves with a, a couple five-star guys who were on campus, including Sean Davian Bradley, the edge rusher from uh, the Kansas City area. Uh, some highly ranked defensive line targets as well. So 
Uh, very productive weekend. Tennessee had its first camp of the summer uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, a, a handful of noteworthy guys in for that one, but I, I think the bigger turnout will be Saturday night at their uh, night at Neyland camp, which despite the name will be held on uh, the practice fields or, or at Tennessee's indoor field Saturday night uh, because of the ongoing renovations inside Neyland Stadium. But should be some in-state players of note uh, and, and maybe some from some other states as well at, at, at the night at Neyland camp. That's kind of an invite-only deal that Tennessee tries to make uh, really it's its biggest camp of the of the summer at least in terms of quality players so we'll see who shows up for that one but uh yeah f- uh, full steam ahead on what should be a very busy month and obviously plenty to keep track of right now on go vols 24 7 where if you've been following along throughout the week we we had written about Savion hearing earlier in the week uh, going into the visit so good place to keep up to date on all the latest and uh and know what's going to happen before we get to these breaking news podcasts. Yeah, if you if you want to if you want to get a bunch of five stars, you can call it whatever you want. Call it Rocky Top Turd Fest if you want. I mean, if you're going to get a bunch of five five stars interested in it, call it whatever you want. Call it Fire Festival. Something. Call it Fire Festival. Who cares? You know, <laughs> something tells me they won't go with that suggestion you had. But, but yeah, Rocky, Rocky uh, Top Turd Fest doesn't really. Yeah. Sound. But- that, that that that'll be for the two stars. That'll be for the two stars. That camp. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll be after. There'll be like a GA there, and like that's it. Yeah, just welcome to Rocky Top Turk Fest. Yeah, sign up, sign up here. So yeah, that there's my PSA done, Ron. I think we're good, man. Appreciate the time, and uh, we will we will catch you soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. And there's the button, and now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols Twenty Four Seven Podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day, anytime you go there, you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that that seven-day free trial, after that, you get us that that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVols 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free. Tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. 
You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids, all of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it right there something for the entire family and live sports sec sports nfl sports uh you got uefa champions league uefa europa league syria french soccer uh, pga tour you get everything on there and we you get all of that and our site all of it for just about 100 bucks and change a year one of the best deals you can possibly find and if you don't do it i don't know what's wrong with you Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.